Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Oilers in Ottawa tomorrow. Edmonton at 5-6 and six on the season, coming off a pair of victories on the weekend. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can text us at our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Tomorrow, the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation will host, uh, and during the course of the season, several specialty nights uh, for the online 50-50 raffle presented by REMAX uh, this season to support local charities and honor Oiler greats. The first will take place tomorrow in memory of the recently passed Oilers uh, head coach John Muckler and it will benefit the Muster Speed uh, Muster Seed. And when we talk about the Muster Seed, we should uh, credit uh, uh, some of the contributors over the years including Ted Green, a longtime supporter and volunteer uh, and uh, Ted was involved in organizing that annual golf tournament with Ted and Brendan Connolly who of course is with Roos Chris. Special thanks and shout out to uh, T.O. from the Southeast office for reminding me of that as we go to our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, that's W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show. Uh, he works for uh, a guy that uh, engineered seven straight 40-plus win seasons in the Western Hockey League, a great uh, talent evaluator, Bob Torrey. We welcome back to the show Oilers legend, former captain Kelly Buckberger. Kelly, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, great for you to uh, take some time to join us because I know that John Muckler uh, was somebody near and dear to your heart and really helped develop you as a player. I think not only myself, but a lot of guys that went through the system when he was here. And uh, he, he was one of the first guys that uh, brought video in. And uh, when we first started, we pretty much just watched video um, in the playoffs. But then he introduced it more throughout the season. And he really was a, a pillar for all of us that we looked up to and educated us in the game. Uh, and he, you know, Glenn say there was, is it fair to say Glenn maybe had a little bit more looser approach and at times uh, Muckler had to be a little bit more of the disciplinarian? Is that is that a fair assessment? Do you think? I, I think I got it. I think I got it from both of them, so I, I just had to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think, you know, Smats, he, he ran the bench quite well, um, and there's no question, Muck learned from him. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're coaching staff, everybody has uh, their duties, and, and Muck's obviously was video and, and getting practice plans ready for the guys and, and preparing the guys for the opposition, and uh, and, you know, the game has come a lot since then. There wasn't a lot of video then, but our practices are all scheduled around teams that we were going to play in, and uh, John was ahead of that. 
You know, when I, it, it's funny because when I think back to those, and you and me are roughly of the same vintage, you obviously were a lot better player than I ever was as a kid and, and a lot braver. And we'll, we'll hit on that in a story about the Moose Jaw days in a second. But when I think of the first two Oilers Cups, they had such overwhelming talent, it was almost impossible to deny them. And even though there were incredibly talented players in the 88 and 90 Cups, it's the way the team won that was different to me. Like in many respects, the 1990 championship for me, Kelly, is my favorite. All due respect, everybody knows Wayne Gretzky's a great guy and, and the greatest player in the world, but you guys won a cup without Wayne Gretzky, the greatest player in the history of the game, and I think some of that had to do with some of the technical advances that guys like John were putting in place and, and the defensive discipline and structure that you guys played with during the course of the 1990 Stanley Cup run. Would you agree or disagree with that? I agree with you, but let's let's not. Uh, we're uh, we need to tell the truth. It was because of Billy Ranford. <laughs> no question about that. He was guessing right every time. And uh, yeah. but uh, you know what? When you win a cup, and especially when Wayne was gone, we didn't think we'd ever have a chance again. And uh, when it happened in '90, there's no question. Like you said, it was a very special time. But everybody had to contribute, and that included the coaching staff. And, and Teddy Green and uh, John Muckler worked the video and, and really prepared us for every team we played in, in the playoffs. And uh, it wasn't even that. It was preparing us even before coming in to the playoffs with the video and everything else. But uh, they had a they had a good coaching staff. They really got along well together. And, you know, they had success before. So when you're when a coaching staff, you're a team within a team, and you got to support each other, and you got to have chemistry. And uh, uh, in all the years that I was in Edmonton, and the coaching staff has always had great chemistry. You know, Kelly, it's interesting that year, eighty-nine, ninety, uh, that John Muckler won the Stanley Cup as head coach, slats the GM. He, he made the deal uh, early in the season. Jimmy uh, Carson asked to leave. You guys brought in Adam Graves and Joe Murphy and, and Peter Klima, three very different personalities. It's almost impossible not to love Adam Graves. But you went fifteen two and two from the middle of November until like the end of December. Did you, as you guys were going through that at that time, were you thinking to yourself, you know what, we got a pretty good team here? Well, uh, if you start looking at trades, and there's no question that's one of the biggest trades that happened to the Oilers uh, and to win. And you're bringing in uh, a guy, like you said, Adam Graves, just a great person, Joe Murphy, Peter Klima, skilled players, blah, 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 that fit in and found a role with the team. And when you have success, these players got to fit in with the organization and find a role for themselves. And, and John John was very good, and so was Teddy, at putting these guys in situations where they can succeed. And, uh, and you have to have a plan every time, and John and, and Ted always did. We're joined right now by Kelly Buckberger, talking a bit about John Muckler, but a bit about Kelly's career. He played almost 1,200 games in the National Hockey League, 2,300 penalty minutes, 13 seasons in Edmonton, still the Oilers' all-time record holder in penalty minutes, scored 20 goals in the early 90s as well. But I want to get just circle back to Moose Jaw because I heard stories about how tough the big, bad Prince Albert Raiders were, and they were tough. And you had a couple guys in your team that weren't the biggest guys, but they weren't backing down. I mean, you weren't, I mean you're a big man. Mike Keane, Theron Fleury, those guys weren't taking any crap. How intense were those battles of PA back in the day? 
Well, we weren't even in the same weight class as those guys. They, they had guys that we shouldn't even been in the league at that time. And uh, there was some embarrassing times. There's no question about that. I, I think the one time in PA, they took our net and warm up. And uh, and uh, Kenny Baumgartner decided to sit in our bench and, and drink our water during the warm up. So, um, you know, we had guys that probably could stand up to them. But, you know, they, overall, they were built to un- an unreal hockey team at that time with the talent they had and the toughness they had. And um, I think it was, a, was it Terry Crisp that was coaching, or uh, Terry Simpson that was coaching? Right. right? Yeah, Terry Simpson. Yeah. So, so he did a great job of uh, developing a team that he thought he could win with, and he always had a tough team, but he had skill. There's no question about that back then. You uh, you played over 1,100 games. For our listeners that maybe are a little bit younger, uh, Pound for pound, was Mike Keen about as good a fighter as there was in the business? I mean, he had a long NHL career as well, and he could chuck him. Yeah, not only that, he there's no question, probably pound for pound, he was tough, but he was a smart hockey player, and, and his career showed it. I think he won three Stanley Cups with three different teams, if I'm not mistaken, and had an unreal length of his career, um, well-respected amongst his peers. And, his, and, and even management, and they're well liked by the trainers. And if you're not liked by the trainers, you probably don't have a chance. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And you know what? As you know, when you're checking into scouting, uh, often the guys that tell you the most truth are the trainers and the equipment guys. And there's a lesson in that: treat everybody well. Uh, Theron Flurry was on those teams for uh, with you and Moose Jaw as well. What was it like later on for you going head to head against Theo, who was uh, you know a pepper pot and a real instigator? great player uh, in the Battle of Alberta days. You know, I grew up with there, and we, we live uh, 15 minutes apart, so he's a couple of years younger than I am, so uh, I was well aware of there, and because we actually played together the odd time, because he'd play up in minor hockey, and uh, he was the most exciting minor hockey player that I've ever seen, and then when I played junior hockey with him, um, just his fire and energy and his passion for the game was unmatched by anybody, and uh, I really think that, you know, I didn't get to see Wayne or uh, or Mario play or any of the really all-stars that played junior hockey, but to me, Darren was the most exciting junior hockey player I've ever seen play. Um, his passion, uh, he didn't care if the guy was 6'6", 230. And I think Theo came in at 14, if I'm not mistaken. And he, I think he only weighed like 125 pounds. And he'd run the biggest guy problem at all. And, and there's no question he had a lot of talent. And he would stir up um, a bunch <laughs> of stuff that was going on the ice. And, and unfortunately, Keener and I and my old line had to answer it. To, and we weren't very big back then. Yeah, yeah, but you showed up. <laughs> I just, I just would hear all these stories, uh, uh, you know, and then you ended up playing with a bunch of Troy Edwards, who was a pretty good player at the uh, uh, University of Regina when they had an excellent program under Bill Liskowicz. Uh, they were Alberta's big rivals. And, you'd, oh, man, you should have seen Keen and Buckberger and Flurry together, and it was just nuts. Uh, we're joined by the current head coach of the Tri-City Americans. You had your season cut short last year. Decision was made to sort of... Uh, uh, you know, Tri-City's been a competitive team for a long time, but you moved out some veterans and some of your better players. Uh, I do want to ask you about Marc Lajoie, Serge Lajoie's son. He was a first-round draft choice. Yeah, how, how important of a player is he long-term for Tri-City once the Western League gets back up and going? He's a franchise player in my eyes. Um, last year he came in as a 16-year-old, and I, I believe he was a at the end of the season um, from 
penalties. He ended up playing on our second power play unit last year. Um, very smart, fearless player. And he's got good size, and he thinks the game really well. Like, his hockey IQ is strong. Um, his passion for the game is, is unmatched, and uh, his work ethic away from the game and on their ice and practice. He's a leader already at six. Well, he's going to be 17 this year, but when he came in, and there's a lot to do with his mom and dad. I, I didn't really know his mom and dad till last year, and I, I went for dinner with him once, and you can really tell where you know he got his um, his personality from, and I think that uh, he's got a great future. Uh, I know he's rated in the draft, and uh, unfortunately, the season was cut short last year, and uh, this year also but he's the one guy that uh, is he's got a chance yeah it's no question about that. but just as a side from your perspective I mean you spent a number of years as an NHL assistant coach you were the head coach for the Oilers and the farm team at one time what was it like going back and 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 being a head coach and in tri-city and, and being on the bus and, and and dealing with maybe younger players than you dealt with as a as a pro coach I'd be honest with it. I've told all the people in my coaching fraternity is that I'm a better coach now than I ever have been just for the last two and a half years running my own team. And it really is. It was. It's like everybody else. Everybody wants to be in the NHL right away. And, and I made a mistake uh, years ago. I should have stayed in the minors longer uh, as a head coach instead of going up to the others. I should have stayed there and uh, tuned my skills a lot better. And I find with these last these two and a half years, because you do pretty much everything in junior hockey, and you have one assistant coach, but you're on everything. And uh, I just feel like I'm a stronger coach now than I ever have been. And uh, it's a lot to do with being with these kids and, and coaching them. And they're sponges. They want to get better. Uh, and he, the game has changed a lot. There's no question about it. And you got to change with it. Yeah, I and- the only thing is, is the buses. The buses. The buses are hard. <laughs> the buses are. I, I apologize for interrupting. I was going to say, you know, there's influence that you have along the way, and maybe there's. we think of John Muckler as a, sort of a, a guy that was a, a technical genius and, and helped with the practice planning and the video, but there was a personal side to him. And I would think when you're coaching junior and you're making sure your kids are staying in school and getting their grades done and their relationships with the billets are going well and you're dealing with younger people, I wonder if some of those experiences you've learned along the way uh, as a player and as an assistant dealing with other head coaches has maybe helped uh, uh, make you better for the situation and dealing with some of those more personal aspects with younger players. You're right, Bob. You take a little bit from every coach that, that coached you and that uh, you coach with. And there's a lot of good, but there is some bad. There's no question about that. And uh, there's things that you learn throughout your years of being an assistant coach and player that things that you wouldn't do and things you would do and you, you write them down you take you have your notebook and, and I always thought okay a great idea let's do this blah 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 and then you just put it in notes and then there's things that, listen we're not all you know um Scotty Bowman, so we're not going to have all the right answers all the time, so we learn from our mistakes, and uh, and there's times that we went through uh, where we made mistakes and weren't, weren't prepared well enough. Awesome stuff, Kelly. Appreciate your time and shedding some insight on the legacy of John Muckler and Ted Green. Those guys were two real special guys. Thank you for taking time uh, joining us on Oilers Now. Hopefully you get a chance to play. I know we're, I think we're going to be up and running here in Alberta, so the Oil Kings got a real good team this year, and hopefully uh, you guys get a chance to play in that U.S. division. 
Okay, stop. Thanks for having me, and good luck with everything there, and be safe. All right, there you go. That is Kelly Buckberger, 13 seasons in Edmonton, former Edmonton Oilers captain, uh, and he's uh, working with Bob Torrey. Bob has, there's three or four guys that have been in the Western Hockey League for a long time who have been very good talent evaluators. One of them no longer owns a team because he's the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's Kelly McCrimmon. When Kelly McCrimmon would call other general managers in the league and other management teams, it might have made some sense not always to take that call because if he was calling about a deal, you were probably going to lose the deal. Uh, Peter Anholt down in Lethbridge has been at it a long time. He knows players. Uh, Lauren Fry in Kelowna, another good uh, talent evaluator. The Rockets have had consistently good teams for a number of years. Bob Torrey in Tri-City. Tri-City is a very unique market. Uh, I've been there once uh, for Sportsnet back in the first year that Sportsnet was in television. Tri-City took on Kamloops. And uh, I was doing font cord and stats. And I had assumed that the font operator would know how to spell Kamloops. And we went into the first commercial break. And uh, shame on me for not assisting in the process. But Kamloops was suddenly spelled C-A-N-L-O-O-P-S. And it showed you the attention to detail, but also the challenge in terms of uh, getting a, uh, a graphics operator from Seattle to uh, go into uh, Tri-City to do a game. I also uh, got lost in uh, Richland which is one of the three Tri-Cities along with Pasco and Kennewick. It was pretty funny and a little bit embarrassing, to be honest with you, when we uh, landed and flew in. But it was all fun stuff back in the day. To win, in, it, it, there's been some challenges to win there, but they've had some good teams for a long time, and that's because uh, Bob Torrey can find some players. So I think that Bob and Kelly are going to have some success. Mark Lajoie, Serge Lajoie's son, Serge's former head coach of the University of Alberta Golden Bears, won the 2018 National Championship, was also in Kamloops. That's K-A-M-L-L-O-P-S. I'm sure Brendan Escott back in the six. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pretty Jed Studios uh, knows that. I'll get to some texts and uh, uh, those sort of things when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Oh, uh, now they're having some fun with us. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Bob, can you check the audio? But did you just spell Kamloops K-A-M-L-L-O-P-S? Oh, you're quick. You're quick. There you go. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Yes, indeed. Uh, This text comes in. Fox Warren, Manitoba. The barn didn't have any glass on the boards for the longest time. Crazy Saturday nights, a fight would break out, and you'd get hit with uh, sweat from the players. Nothing like it. No heat either. So you had to dress warm and bring lots of beverages to keep you warm. Well, that's the beauty of it. And, uh, yeah, the the matchups, the Prince Albert Raiders, 1984-85, and around that time, were the most intimidating, just like the new Westminster Bruins were in the late 70s. PA had the toughest team in junior hockey. Three guys from... Uh, 
Moose Jaw weren't taking any crap when they went in there. Buckberger, Mike Keene, and Theron Fleury. And if you, you want to see a guy that is a light heavyweight that could flat out chuck them, Mike Keene. You know, like Bucky showed up and won some and lost some during his career and, show, you know, fought a lot for his teammates over the years. But Mike Keene was a guy. Jared Gallant was pretty tough, too. He could uh, he could chuck him, too. And, again, Kelly Buckberger was our Oilers now headline, a reminder of the 50-50 draw tomorrow for the Mustard Seed as part of the uh, Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation uh, REMAX 50-50 online draw. All right, uh, let's get to it. Where are we going to go here? Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do the the North Division report, Brendan Escott? Do you want to get up to that? Yeah, I mean, I can do that for you for sure. Well, I, well I'm just <laughs> where did where did the liner go for it? I'm trying to find it on the script that I can't see it, and I want to I want to get one uh, get one in there. So anyhow, let's bang it off, and they'll get an extra plug, and we'll do it three three other times this week as well. What do you got? All right, uh, so still no change at the top of things here after the weekend's action. Toronto leading the way 15 points through 10 games. They have a 7-2-1 and one record and have collected points in their last five despite falling to Vancouver uh, in extra time. No, that was the Oilers' loss, excuse me, on the weekend that, uh, that knocked them off, of course. So Toronto's leading the way. Montreal still doing just fine there in second place, but they're tied with Vancouver's 12 points. Uh, Edmonton's Still sitting in fifth. Winnipeg has uh, three games in hand on them, though they are tied with 10 points. Calgary uh, picking up a couple of wins, so now they're 3-3-1 three, three, and one since we've last looked in. They dropped three in a row. Uh, Ottawa, it's a bit of a tailspin right now. They have not won in eight consecutive games. All right, that's your North Division Report. Your North Division Report, and it's brought to you three times weekly by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Finding your dream home, listing your old home, it all starts at Sold Today, Edmonton.ca. Find it, love it, and move on. Do you want to mention, there's an old saying in the car business, Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford, nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They've just uh, wrapped up the uh, year-end event down at uh, Brent Ridge, but they got lots of deals currently taking place. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge, or they can... Uh, Certainly help you out at one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three, or visit brentridge.com. We will tell you that they're taking care of all of the COVID protocols and making it a very safe environment as well. When we come back, our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network, and talking about old school, uh, we're going to tell have Brownie tell a tale about a legendary brawl that he was involved with in one of the first seasons that he played in the NHL. Eileen Bell up next with a global news weather traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.